0: Who the bloody hell's that? What Age. Ah, Anthony. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it'll fine. be
1: fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my university of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You
0: should we'll indeed.
1: You're listening to The Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 31 of The Corona Diaries. Um, And the effervescent, and he is effervescent this morning, Steve H is staring back at me from a screen. I'm not
0: staring. I'm just trying to open my eyes, <laughs> so I'm like stretching them in the hope <laughs> that they won't collapse inwards. Um, and I've just been at the dentist and had my um, stitches out my gums, right. so I'm in fine form. You know, okay. feeling. Did a they bit, not? You know, did they not? You know, melt away? With it? Did you have to have them removed? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. It was painful. I didn't think it would be painful. i oh, having stitches out. That's not going to hurt. Wrong. Uh, it was like somebody sticking little pins in your gums. Oh, dear. You know. I mean, it wasn't so, agony. It was just, you know, not what you want first thing in the morning necessarily.
1: No. So what comes next then with the
0: old tooth? <laughs> well, with the old tooth. Old tooth news. Um with 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 the old tooth, the next thing is I go and see him at the end of February now. I've got to just stay the same piratey, right. until the end of February. At which point I go in and he, he, he unscrews something that I didn't even know I had in. Apparently there's some kind of there's something in my mouth that's screwed on. Um, A fixing. Yeah, I think I think the implant has a sort of little end cap on it which is screwed on um, which I didn't know about and he unscrews that he says and then he takes an impression of me um, of my mouth. <laughs> not like that like that um and um that was truly shocking <laughs> well I was just trying to beat you to it <laughs> um so uh, he takes an impression and then and then God knows what happens after that. But I think it's like the end of March, I will have something that looks like a full head of teeth again. Right,
1: right. And you resisted the temptation uh, to do R on Celebrity Pointless, didn't you? In the first I, question.
0: Well, I, I thought, obviously I thought of it and I thought that's probably not a real word, I daren't I dare say it. You know, and then I thought, what about pre? And I thought, well, that's a preface. Does that exist on its own in the diary, but, but, in the dictionary? But it—it it turned out that it did, even the, even mad things, you know, like R, were 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 in the dictionary and would have been valid. But I just assumed I couldn't use them. All right. Um. So there we are. I quite like Barbara's. What? What did she go for? She went for arc with a K, didn't she? Yes, she did. Quite a good one. Yeah,
1: um, I'd thought of o
0: r e. Yeah, yeah. Ore is good. I can't remember what Heather went for. What did she go for? Anyway, it was. Did a she go, did, did you go for an axe? <laughs> oh, I think she went for ire. I-R-E. I r. Ires. I. I was. Yeah. That was yeah. a good one. She was sharp. Honestly, yeah. I just kept thinking, "Cool, blimey." We, if
1: you don't know, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the <laughs> TV show celebrity. I've just realised we haven't told everybody. Yes. We're talking about the TV show Celebrity Pointless, which was on.
0: Which you, when did you record that? Oh God, um, something like February, right? We recorded it pre-lockdown. Yeah, um, pre-pandemic, and it, went,
1: and it finally went out on Saturday, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, so could... if you're in if you're in the UK or if you've got access to the iPlayer, it's it'll be available for the rest of the week. It's, um, yeah, it's
0: it's Heather Small from M People. Yes. Um, you know, with some idiot <laughs> 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 who you may recognise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was the two Steves to a certain extent stole the show because the other Steve was quite sharp, wasn't he? The one the one with Barbara.
0: Yeah, he was very knowledgeable. I mean yeah. I mean uh, yeah, he he um he he was like a bloody brain of Britain to be honest. I think he knew all about all just about everything. His general knowledge was shocking. He knew about all the movies and he you know, he knew about all the you know, I don't know, the um, the shows, darling, you know, you mm. could Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. He could have named you the cast. Um I barely remember that it was a film. So, and I'm I'm crap with movies. I mean, I'm really proper crap with movies, and I, I've never won the family quiz. We have a family quiz every Sunday night on Zoom, me and the Doncaster family, and uh, I've not won yet. So uh, there you go.
1: Oh, I'm just now thinking the family quiz. That would be something to 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 zoom bomb, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you should you should come one one,
1: oh, one, I'd, I'd one love to. shall we send you the link? Oh send me the link. I'm quite good at movies if you wanna if you want partner up.
0: Oh there'd be um there'd be outrage up in well, Doncaster well, if yeah. I brought a ringer in. Brought a ringer in. Oh no, right. they, they wouldn't wear it. Right. No I'd, to, I'd never hear to... the last of it. Right. And they're not that far from you. So they you know, they they there might be a, a hostile posse <laughs> coming up coming up the A one. You don't want it. <laughs> All right.
1: Well well I'd I'd love to join, but I'll 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 behave myself and I won't I won't su- supplement your existing knowledge.
0: All right And Next Sunday, you're in. Right. We'll add I'm you in right. we'll add you in. Right. We'll let you know how it goes on. And then you can chat um, my sisters up about about the sisters podcast.
1: Well, this that's coming. That they, that's 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 nailed on. They would we need love to do, to do that. We need to do that. Well we're gonna to have to think of some special things for Christmas, aren't we? So uh Maybe we should start giving that some thought. I th- I th- the other one is we need to get
0: Mosley on for one. Yeah, no, he's he's always extremely good value. Yeah, we need you to get You might Moseley even on for one. get him to trot out a story that he's, he's yet to tell me because he's got, you know, he just drip feeds them out. You get one every oh. year and you go, you did what? You did, did that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't you told me about that? I've known you all this time. Oh, you know, I never thought I'd <laughs> mention it. He said, bloody hell, you dark horse. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> oh, I got no, a nice
0: email from Lol Cream um, oh, okay. saying he saw he saw me on Pointless, and uh, it was good because his wife got to find out who I was because I think he must have talked about me. And she said, Who's this bloody bloke you keep talking about? Yeah. So that was nice. And how does she feel now she's seen you? I didn't like to ask him.
1: <laughs> right, fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. Um of the other things that happened last week, um
0: the the TCD merch store went live. It did. It did. It went live and and uh, you know, in the in the initial rush of enthusiasm, there was lots of orders. Uh and I, I had to do them myself because I hadn't really thought through who was going to pack all this stuff. So, uh I spent a whole weekend putting things in bags. So if you if you get an item of merch, chances are I packed it. See, they, they, you wouldn't get that from David Bowie. No,
1: you wouldn't. Well, I mean, obviously not. But um... in fact,
0: anybody in their right mind who, who even <laughs> the
1: ones who were who were alive, <laughs>
0: would, would struggle.
1: So, so if you if you've got in quick, and it's on it's uh, it's a page on the it's a marillion isn't it?
0: There's a link to it, yeah, uh, and I, I put the link up on Patreon and the yeah. link is also up there on, on the com website. Right. Um, right. So it's there and there and I, maybe okay. I should publish it on the Instagram as well.
1: Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea.
0: I did put an Instagram picture up of me um, on uh, the 31st of December 1999 to yes. go with our issue, our, yes. our 30th... Issue. Yes, yes. That was that day.
1: Yes, um, I did see that had gone up. It's a great photo, that. <laughs> it, but it is more fast show than... <laughs> it's, it's, more, it's more fast show Me. than Adam's,
0: I think. <laughs> In Charlton Village Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we In said we tried... front these curtains. What was I thinking? <laughs> uh, they were dreadful don't... curtains, to be fair.
1: Um, so we did say we did say that for Ooh. this episode and the next episode we'd try and get back to some kind of plan because 30 was, was a little loose. Um, I thought we got away with that. I
0: th- we actually I th- did. I thought we were going to get hate mail off the back of that. Like, what do yeah. you think you're doing? Call that yeah. entertainment. But yeah. it actually went down well, didn't it? it, it <laughs> so we've
1: had people say it was their favourite episode so far.
0: We shouldn't make a habit of doing them pissed. But no. every now and again... It, it was quite. It could honest. be. It could be something we could do. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, we we did. Yeah, we did just about get away with it. But well, we said we'd talk about the H band, and I've been wanting to talk yeah. about the H band for a long time, and waiting for the right time to do it. And I think thirty-one to kick off a new section. You know, we mm-hmm. hit thirty, hit the heights of thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll so, uh, and I think it's probably going to take us a couple of episodes to to or a couple of chapters to get through it. So. Um, Reminders of where we were—the last time we talked about anything pertaining to Ice Cream Genius or what would become the H Band—we'd you'd, you'd launched the album, hadn't you? But it it had all gone a bit uh, awry. Literally at the point when the album was ready to go.
0: Yeah, heartbreaking. And literally the day of the release of the album, I think it was the day I I, I went to see Steely Dan and overheard a guy sitting behind me saying to the bloke next to him, oh shame about castle communications going tits up isn't it and me thinking what um there goes that then and so it it, it, it died the same the same day as it was released um so that was the end of any serious uh, ambitions of it doing well or being promoted or any kind of support um it got
1: into got into record stores,
0: though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it got out, into the, the physical product worked its way out. In various guises over the years, yeah. It got into record stores. That was kind of the last I heard of it for a while. And then, um, and then we had the bright idea of repackaging it, adding a couple of new tracks or one new track. We added the last thing. Which uh, a lot of people thought was was great, but Craig Leon just never really saw it, and it never went on the original version um but I had this song called The Last Thing, and we added that and put put a new version of the album out ourselves on racket with the with the white sort of cover. The original cover was black um with this sort of orange movie stripe down the side, I think um yeah a movie tr- an orange H logo. And then when we redid it, I redid it in white and put that out. And then, uh, as I've said before, San- Sanctuary just nicked the whole thing, put their own logo on it and stuck it in the shops. And uh, I've got to thank... Now, what the hell was his name? I'm going to thank you. You know who you are, uh, but I'm thanking you for, for sa- actually sending me a copy of the Sanctuary version and at some point either during this podcast or 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 in the week <laughs> in the middle of the night i'll remember the name of the guy that did it it was dave i think it was dave collopy actually it has come to me sent me his own bless him um ice cream genius by sanctuary records which was just fantastic because they just They nicked nicked my new version. Lock, stock, barrel, content, artwork and everything. Instead of taking me to court going, you can't do this, they just thought, up yours, sunshine, we'll we'll, we'll do our own. (laughs) And that was funny. Anyway, I'm digressing slightly. So that that has all happened over the years. At whatever point I decided to to tour with the H-Band, I just can't remember any of it. I can't remember the timeline or why I did it. I, maybe maybe there was a gap in really a schedule and I went, Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the band together and do it.
1: Well what I'm gonna throw into this and it comes down to that that track. So the last thing didn't make it on the album, so clearly it was recorded as part of the process. But didn't you say that um Aziz played on that?
0: No, no, the last thing was um, you know, something that, that I brought to the table at the very last minute in the recording process. It had a big sort of Phil Collins esque sort of drum track, which was just my tiny little drum sequencer, the thing yeah, that the, the QI thing that I've now lost. Uh, I don't know where it went. Uh, but I used to sit around programming that and, and that was what I was programming the day I got arrested in Poland and put in put in that cell for the day. Um, but I don't know what happened to it. And uh, I, anyway, I programmed the drum track on that and it was a, it was just a sort of, it was written really quickly, I just jammed it with Dave Greggs playing guitar and Richard B playing all the big... the distorted organ thing if you'd call it an organ whatever you'd call it it's very hard to put names on anything Richard does because nobody's ever done it so you can't kind of give it a name you can't say oh it was that synth sound because sometimes it doesn't sound even like synth but he um, it, was, it, was, it was me and and uh, Rich and Dave and I don't know if we ever even got around to putting any bass on it or maybe we put bass on it later but it more or less existed as a three-piece. And my relationship with Aziz Ibrahim, how did that begin? I think I ran into Aziz um, as a consequence of a guy called Phil Beaumont who has a studio in Oswestry. Um, and we, we mixed one of our albums in Oswestry and, of course, we did that live Unplugged, unplugged at the Walls in Oswestry. And I think around about that time, the guy, this guy Phil Beaumont, who uh, is a good friend, and uh, owned that studio. Um, I think he played me something. He, he, he said, "I know this guy called Aziz Ibrahim. Have a listen to this." And he he he, he played me this track. Um, and I can't remember the name of the track. It was just just wonderful and ha- re- really haunting, and a and a complete a complete fusion of asian and, and and rock music because um aziz uh for those who aren't familiar with him um he's um he's asian he's a second generation asian in other words he was born in in manchester but his parents are are from i think northern india and he has both of the disciplines. He can play, so so he will pick up a Gibson Les Paul, and he will go. <laughs> um, so instead of approaching the guitar, you know, from the 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 blues scales, which which most guitarists do, you know, Dave Gilmore, Eric Clapton. Steve Rothery really for the most part um, the scales that they look to when they play solos are essentially blues what you'd call blues scales um, As he tends to go with the oriental stuff and so that makes him really really unique and, and I've always been amazed that, that you know Peter Gabriel or Kate Bush hadn't snapped him up years ago maybe they just never got to hear him um, Anyway, play, it, Phil played me this, this this instrumental track that Aziz had done, and it, it it knocked me sideways. And I thought, oh well, if if I ever if I ever get to go out with you know and play any of this solo stuff live, I'll 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 see if he'd be interested in getting involved. And I did, and he did, and so it was really. Um, it, it, Aziz was in on the ground floor of it when when I came to do it live. I added Aziz. Um, just to give the band a completely other flavor um, from being a rock band. Obviously, I'd got Dave Greggs on guitar, who was coming from XTC. I'd got Richard, um, who uh, had kind of reinvented the synthesizer in his own image. Um, I ran into a cellist as well around about that time called called Stephanie Sobey-Jones, and she actually worked for Steinberg Software. She was in sales. You've probably run into her. And you I, were, I've run into yes, Stephanie like world yes, a too, in, in your own world. In in, your own, yes, your, in, in, my, your, in my own orbit. your own orbit. And uh, she was terribly, terribly nice. you was Stephanie, And And um, she played the cello. I said, oh, you play the cello? I said, yeah, I do. I said, come right this way. Come right this way. And so I liked, you know, I was very keen on trying to assemble a band that was a mixture of cultures. Um So the uh, so Aziz, Aziz and you are a brilliant and lovely tabla player called Albert Singh Ratan. I'd always loved tabla and had never actually, you know, worked with tabla. I, again, I'd been banging on to Marillion for years, you know, what about some tablas on it? And they'd look at me funny, you know, because we're a rock band, aren't we? Um so I I wanted I wanted to try and explore those sounds because I, I love what tabla sound like sonically and I'd had a dalliance with that sound I, I had a song called India on the How We Live album which had a tabla part in it but it wasn't played it was just a sample being triggered so I wanted I wanted some real stuff uh as uh was working with Dahl so I added Darl and Aziz and Stephanie on cello. So then the, the 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 lineup became drums, bass, two guitarists, Tabla, Cello, uh Richard synthesizers, and yours truly on piano and voice. So there was eight of us. And that was the original lineup. Yes, well, the yeah, and of course I had Clem Burke on drums for that first tour, Blondie's drummer. and Clem hmm. also played on the album. Um, Chucho Machan played bass, he played on the album. So so the original line-up for tour number one was Clem on drums, Chucho on bass, Dave Gregory, Aziz Ibrahim, Dalbius Singratan, Richard Barbieri, um, me and someone who I've forgotten I've run out oh Stephanie Sophie Jones on cello so that was the eight that was the eight piece band I took out to start with
1: and, and this is the bit where I'm a little bit sketchy as well so there's no there's no real support coming from Castle for the album it's worked its way to be bought but there isn't any other there's no more marketing support they're not pushing it or anything at all no. uh, you did a video didn't you you did release, um, or you did your something for your thing. thing. Yeah,
0: when well, I did that video with a brilliant photographer called Niels van Iperen, who had once come in, we'd once had a mad, we'd once had a mad promotion day, I, I think it might have been for Holidays in Eden or Brave or something, and we'd done this promo day in... Uh, in holland i think we were in amsterdam holed up in a hotel and it was mental and we started you know at nine in the morning and we we had an interview every half hour until about six in the evening without stopping and um and I was also being invited into... There were more interviews than there were members of the band to do it. And I was being invited in into interv- two interviews that, you know, Rothers was already in the middle of or, or Mark was in the middle of. And I was running across the corridor back in two, um, completely frazzled. Because the thing about interviews is after a while, because they, people tend to ask you the same question... After a while, you, you you forget who you've told the answer to. So you get halfway through an answer and you go, have I told you this? And they go, no. I go, okay, I'll carry on then. You Because know, you've already said it 25 times and it's just, you, you know, and you, you're done, you know, and you, you're on autopilot at this point. You're not even thinking. Um, anyway, and amongst all that, somebody came to me, someone from the record company came to me and, he, and said, um, can you just go down the corridor of... Uh, uh, there's a guy who wants to take your photograph so I went yeah sure and I went down the foot corridor into this hotel room and all these lights were set up and there was this slightly crazy Dutch guy uh, with a kind of it, uh, he's got a really curious face Niels. Uh, and he said I want you to blow up this balloon I want to see you having a laugh why do you want to take a photograph of me blowing up a balloon? He said, he said trust me, it's going to look amazing. I thought, well, all right. So I blew this balloon up, and he went, tink, 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 three shots or something, three frames, see you, and back into the interviews. Anyway, I finally got to see this photograph, and it was amazing. And he did it in no time. And he lit it in such a way that the balloon looked like it was the, the light source in the room and it's, it's shining onto my face, it's reflected back. I've got a copy of it somewhere, I'll, I'll send it to you or maybe <laughs> I'll up, upload it to Insta. It's a great photograph and I never forgot, Niels, and uh, so when the next time I went, went to the American Hotel in Amsterdam, I started noticing that his photographs were all over this hotel because he'd photographed Iggy uh he'd photographed all these huge stars and each of his photographs just had a kind of a personality about them a color a richness of color um so when after i did icg i i phoned him up i got i managed to track him down found him up and said uh can you know i'd like like you to do a photo could would you do a photo session for me for this album I'm taking out and so he said yeah and I flew to I flew to Holland and he photographed me walking around Amsterdam and so when 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 the idea of, of, of making a video for you dinosaur sort of thing came up I I rang him up and said you don't do you don't make videos as well do you? And he said, well no but I'll have a go. Um so I said, that's good enough for me. Because I could just tell he was a genius. You know, when you meet people and you go, this this person has got this, he's got it going on. Um, he's got a different window on the world. And Niels has got a different window on the world. And since then he moved to Bogota and now he lives in Colombia. Not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people go, do you know what? I'm moving to Bogota. And he moved to Bogota and he's photographed the president of Colombia. He's, I mean, he's, he's unreal. Uh, and I've lost track of him. I don't know where he's gone. I sent him an email recently and said, "Hey, Niels, you know, I, I wanted something. I can't remember what it was, but he never replied. So maybe I've maybe he's changed email, or maybe he's living in bloody China or something." Um. So I went to Amsterdam, and, and we made you dinosaur thing. We did. We we made that in. T- I think we made that in two days. And uh, well, what I remember most about you dinosaur thing. Apart from having to be more or less naked to be that Indian guru uh, and worrying about the size of my stomach, which uh, when I look at it now, I'd kill for a stomach of that size now, but, but back then it, it it felt huge. And and I said, does my stomach look a bit big? And he said, no, no. he said, gurus have big stomachs. So I said, that's not what I was hoping you'd say. <laughs> um so we went, and what I remember most about that that video was getting back to the hotel at two in the morning at the end of the second day, and there's one shot in it of the punk jumping about in what in in in, in with all this he he set up a shower of rain for me to jump about in, and it's a shower of rain and glitter um and it was in my hair like, like all the dandruff in the world and I, ju- I just got into this hotel and i have just got a quarter of an inch of glitter on my scalp you know, like sand and I, and I stood in the shower for about an hour trying to shower this glitter out of my scalp and it was still coming out six months later like glitter does um, but that, that's a great video and it involved a lot of dressing up, so I was happy as a You were very king. happy Yeah, you know me. Um so I've stayed gr- in that
1: hotel as well. I've stayed in the American.
0: The American there's a pic- there was a picture of me on the wall in there in the in the in the restaurant for years and years. Yeah. I don't know if they've taken it down yet. But um they used to have lots of pictures I mean it was the it was the hotel that the, the record labels used to stick artists mm. in. Yeah, it was the rock and roll hotel. And so it. everybody, you know, there was pictures of Eric Clapton and Joe Cocker, yeah. and you name them, all on the wall. And I once had a, I had a couple of very interesting drunken evenings in there with various folk. Steve Lucas from Toto. Oh, Toto. Oh my God, he likes a drink, or he used to. Oh, we we yeah, we had a couple of interesting evenings in that bar, Steve and I. Nice fellow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and, and and when. You... <laughs> When you walk into that bar, you feel like you're in that hotel. You feel like it's all happened plenty of times before in that bar.
0: Oh, God, yeah. I shouldn't imagine that there's too much that hasn't happened in that no. bar. And no. whatever there is that hasn't happened in that bar probably happened upstairs, surely, afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to stay in that many rock and roll hotels, but that was one of the ones I've stay staying. Uh, it's a great hotel. Um, so anyway, so... Th- well, Where was that? Us through the H-band much, no, is it? no, it's no, but right. no, but, no, but he's, he's padding the story out because so the album's got in the stores. Yep. You shot a video, which which York. sounds like you drove that whole project. Yeah. So when was the decision Nobody made that you were going to actually physically take it out on, on the, the on the road?
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't. Right. I, I cannot remember. Oh, please, ask that question then. Yeah, I have no bloody idea. Uh, at what point? i decided to take it out on the road but i obviously did and um i put that back you know i found i found clem and chucho up i think chucho was he was colombian so he was back in colombia somewhere so i he took a bit of tracking down and then Clem was in uh, new york of course and um I didn't know it at the time but he did, when when I eventually booked the tour he, his, he lost his father, his, his father died I think the week before he got on the plane to come over to England to rehearse so I'm eternally grateful to Clem for not blowing me out because, you know, I, I would have understood it if he had mm. but he came and did it, maybe he thought it would do him good, you know, to get out but... Um, he came over and I put, him in, I put him and Chucho in this tiny little hotel in a place called Horton Cum Studley. Um, oh, which is a good name. Which is somewhere near Bista and in the middle of nowhere, completely in the sticks. And just the thought of Clember getting off a plane from New York, you know, at Heathrow, into a cab that takes him to Horton Cum Studley and dropping him off. He must have wondered what on earth he'd signed up to. Um, anyway, then um, then of course him and Chucho crashed the car on the first day of rehearsals and didn't turn up. Um, but they turned up eventually. I think they still beat Aziz to it, you know, because Aziz was always... <laughs> I'm not passing comment on Aziz's timekeeping. <laughs> Uh, oh, or I H yeah sorry I'm a bit late uh, or oh, I broke my ankle playing baseball or you know or whatever it did it did always be something um, so um, I I learnt quite early on that that part of the decision making process to work with disease involved being fairly relaxed about how you work with disease because you weren't going to get much choice. Um, He's one on his own. He really he, is. Yeah, he occupies his own his own uh, universe. But you know, worth it because he is completely um, he is completely unusual as a guitar player. There's nobody like him. Yeah. So I'd got a guitar player that there was nobody like in the band, and I'd got a synthesizer player that there was nobody <laughs> like in the band. So I'd, I'd got two absolute you know geniuses who re, who redefined. What could be done on on the on their respective instruments i was lovely and then i'd got dave gregory and what, what can you say about dave you know i'm i i was in love with dave before i ever met him and then when i met him i was really in love with him because he's he's just a lovely he's a gentleman but he's a pro he's an incredible pro and uh he's a, he's a brilliant brilliant musician um and so uh, I just got this amazing band, and I must have been—I must have booked the tour. I don't know. Mm. I think I, I think the tour was put together by fan clubs and whatnot. Right. Um. And uh, and off we went. And uh, how many dates did you do? Can you remember? It wasn't lots. As I was to say, it can't have been many. I think it was two. I get the H tours mixed up because there were two or three, weren't there? Um Yeah. Well
1: we're gonna come back next week we'll come back to the later parts the of the later in kind Yeah, but I don't I don't remember the first one having many dates at all.
0: We played the Milky Way in Amsterdam, I remember that. Uh I remember a photograph I've got of me and Rich and, and uh and Clem. Um and we must have done one did we do one in Germany? God, that might have been later on. No, there was probably only only two or three. Maybe we did Paris and we did London. Can't remember where we ah we yeah we played the um, the garage in Islington. Right, that was with Clem drumming. Um, we did the garage. We must have done one in Paris, I can't imagine us not doing one. in. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did the Café de la Danse, I think. Or was that later with Andy? No, that might have been later. I just so, don't know, I can't remember. So what sort of size
1: then in terms of number of people?
0: Oh, just
1: uh, three or four hundred. Which, for that band, that's phenomenal, isn't
0: it? It is, really, and and, and also that they all signed up to it on the um on the understanding that whatever i made i would split equally Mm -hmm. so i couldn't even guarantee that anyone would get paid and uh considering (laughs) imagine getting to the end and
1: and going and say right you you owe me 75 quid
0: yeah well I, i did say you won't owe me money that was my major selling point um but i think in the end everybody got about 800 quid which was a, an insult because they all they're all amazing players but but we we did have a good time mm-hmm. doing it um you know we had a proper tour bus and every and, and and everything so we we sort of did it properly
1: but from a muso's perspective i mean that really is that's a serious lineup
0: yeah i was very very proud i mean it, 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 you know not... not for the last time in my life there was a lot of pinch yourself moments you know I, i would be singing i'd be halfway through a song and i'd just look over my shoulder and go look at my band look what i've put together how have i managed this um so very you know extremely flattering that any of those guys would want to be on a stage with me um and i and i did feel feel really really privileged um, to have well, I was also amazed I'd managed to persuade Dave Gregory out from his house in Swindon, because as I've said to you before, I found him like, Dave, do you want to go out on the road and do something? Oh, it's a bit cold, Steve. You know, I'm can't we do it in the summer? I think, no we can't well, now. That you know, I want to do, it. I want to, I want to do it now. Oh, oh I don't know. Sort of it, I had to sort of nag him and, and you know, lay it on with the travel. Because, um to be fair to Dave, uh, XTC tours were always really difficult. From what he's since told me, you know, yeah. uh, Andy hated playing live and used to throw up every night before he went on stage he was so nervous and he just said he just said the whole atmosphere of of touring with XTC was was really unpleasant because you know nobody really wanted to do it and everybody was moaning and blah 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 and it, and it was sort of filled with trauma and we never we were never sure from one day to the other if if Andy would get on stage and it just wasn't nice so I think when I asked him if there was any chance of us touring, his his gut reaction was, "Oh no, don't like that." Um, but but once I persuaded him onto the bus, he actually had a really good time. Although well, well, he, he's very self-critical, though, Dave. Every every night we got off stage, he'd be telling me how crap he was, hmm. you know, and I'd, I'd have to beg him up and say, "No, you were. You were great, Dave. You were great." you know i was crap you were great <laughs> you just didn't notice me being crap did you <laughs> wasn't was it you it was me <laughs> it was most oh. definitely me <laughs> will not you listen to this singing oh of course you weren't you're a guitarist you never hear anything else <laughs> well let's
1: let's stop there and mm-hmm. let's come back to it um next time and 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 pick it up with the changes in the band and the the evolution of of, of how it all came along
0: um I should just mention before Cho Cho Machan later turned up playing with Dave Gilmore oh. uh, it, for for the uh, the proggers out there. That yeah, he 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 went on to work with Gilmore. So so I I met Choo Cho because he was half of Eurhythmics rhythm section with Clem at one point, and um, and he 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 went on then to play for Dave Gilmore, which probably explains why I had more trouble getting him on the phone. just a little
1: Um, we'll we'll segue into some diary Uh, and I have to say because I read the diary section this morning it contains possibly my favourite diary entry so far Uh, so you're going to have to brace yourself for this people because I do think that's my favourite entry thus far I'm not going to say any more about it
0: no No, I'm going to leave
1: it that was
0: a day in Venezuela, I tell
1: you. But you'll know about it when you hear it. Trust
0: me. So I will. I will pass you over uh, to Mr. Steve Hogarth. Yes. Yes. Let me take you to. Um, I'm about to get on a plane to go to Argentina, aren't I? You and are. Then from there to Caracas, Venezuela, where to this day I don't know how I didn't get shot. Tuesday, 22nd of September, home. (coughs) Tonight, I leave for Argentina. Wednesday, 23rd of September, Buenos Aires. Arrived in Buenos Aires at 7.30am and shuffled our way through immigration and customs. Haphazard, slow and enough of a waste of time to be pretending to be careful. John A. was almost arrested for not having a matching baggage tag and was detained for 40 minutes, trying to prove he owned his own luggage. Met in the arrivals lounge by promoter's rep Nora, who rode with us to the Buenos Aires Sheraton. Bumped into Roberto in reception, working at the Sheraton, who remembered me from February and upgraded the band to Sweets. Had breakfast in the hotel and went to bed. Up at 4pm to go to a radio station at 5 with Jack. Talked about a planet where people smell of old flowers and the state provides talcum powder, etc. Back to the hotel and out with EMI, Sylvina and JP, to a lovely restaurant. Much giggling. We lifted Jack onto the table whilst owling. This involves crouching in a squat while someone pulls your shirt over your knees so you look like an owl. You then put your hands on top of your feet and curl your fingers round your toes so they look like little claws. Off to studio for a live interview at midnight. Jet lagged beyond description and back to the Sheraton. Got to bed at 3am. That's 7am London time. Sunday, 27th September, Buenos Aires Met Nora in reception at ten and was taken to the flea market a kind of antique market full of old Argentinian knick-knacks There was a little troupe of people in the street One played bandonian like an accordion while a man and a woman, wearing traditional 30s garb, tangoed People were sitting outside cafes which served beer and monkey nuts I came dangerously close to buying more light fittings, but managed to resist. Returned to the hotel around 2.30 to leave for sound check at the TV station. No one from the TV crew showed up, so we hung around till 5 and then gave up and returned to the hotel. I'm still jet-lagged, so went back to bed to fill the hours till 9.30 when we left, once again, for TV Attica. The show was similar to last time playback of sympathy No One Can and Kaylee. lots of kids bouncing around and then a brief chat with Mario who I think knows too little about the people he interviews Later we were taken to dinner at Happening's restaurant which wasn't happening at all said thanks and bye to Sylvina and to the excellent JP who I've come to like a lot Monday, 28th of September, Buenos Aires to Caracas. Got up and checked out of the Buenos Aires Sheraton, $250. It could have been worse. Waited ages at the airport for the somewhere between 12.30 and 4.30 flight to Caracas, Venezuela, via Lima, Peru. Tried most of the perfumes in the duty-free and all of the sunglasses decided that Dizzy's Halston is still favourite and that none of the Ray-Bans suited me. The flight was busy and long, something like nine hours with a refuel in Lima. Hey, I've been to Peru for ten minutes. Spent most of the flight standing up and invited half the plane to the show. When we got into the baggage hall, there appeared to be a riot going on in the street. It turned out to be 50 or so of our fans waving banners and being generally celebrational. We were bundled into a pimped-up purple lighting and thick carpet minibus with our promoter, Octavio, who took pleasure in much use of walkie-talkies and showing me his Magnum forty-four handgun. He dropped it in my lap and I gingerly handed it back saying, ''Thank you, that's very nice.'' Checked in through the back door of the Tamanako Hotel, which looked macho luxurious until we got to the 7th floor, which was under renovation. The rooms on the 7th floor were mucho Howard Johnson. I managed to get my room changed to a smaller one somehow after an hour. There's a lesson. EMI had placed fruit and flowers in my room. It's exactly the same smell as my room that first time in the Rio Palace. I was rocketed back to that heavenly time and place like no time had passed. Mustn't grumble. Slept fitfully and woke up freezing, owing to my inability to operate the air conditioning system. Tuesday, 29th of September. Caracas, Venezuela. There's a press conference at one thirty, Or is it 12.30. Everything moves backwards and forwards, only to move backwards again at the last minute. I rose, showered and made my way down to poolside with John. Joined Steve and Mark for a spot of breakfast and then returned to my room to do my laundry in the sink until press conference time. There weren't many journalists there and the atmosphere was somewhat strained initially as interpreters tried to make sense of Spanish questions and English answers. I came within a hair's breadth of walking out over a question. Here it comes. What innovations have you contributed to music? Which sounded like an insult. Apparently, I later answered this question by mistake. Things improved somewhat after a new interpreter joined the proceedings and in the end, everyone seemed happy. Had the buffet lunch and put banana sauce on my steak by mistake. And so christened it a mistake. Spent all afternoon getting to and from the radio station. The traffic was jammed because of rioting. In the evening we were taken out to dinner by EMI to the Dog's Bollocks restaurant. And afterwards to a club full of Marillion fans. Signed a million autographs and murdered this town and Kaylee. Wednesday 30th of September. Caracas, Poliedro Up around 9.30 for a dip in the pool and a slow breakfast on the terrace. Chatted with a Peruvian businessman whose wife lives in Barnes about his wife's work, raising money in England for Peru's poor children. Some evangelical church got involved and, quote, adopted her funds for their, quote, good work. Some German pastor was telling the children that they were poor because they weren't Christian. She no longer raises money for charity. Went shopping with Myra, the promoter's rep, and Valeriano, security, and bought a bucket of Holston, which is cheaper here. Had lunch in Iguana, a street cafe, and returned to the hotel to leave for soundcheck. Our crew looked flustered, most of the local crew arrived one and a half days late. Sound check wasn't bad. The Polyedro is a bit of a shed, acoustically. Back to the hotel for a lightning caprese salad and twenty minutes in bed. At the show, it turned out that the first evening is the slack one, only three thousand in. The show itself went well. The crowd were electric, and I sang myself fairly hoarse by the end. Got away with it. Pleased to note that some of the press conference's more cynical journalists came backstage afterwards to say they were blown away. I'm thinking particularly of Margarita from El Nacional. The showers didn't work, so I had to endure walking around in my own salt solution for an hour until I could get back, shower and go to bed. Pretty exhausted. Friday... 2nd of October, Caracas, Los Caracas, day off, sky to Rio. Having fallen into bed around 4am, feeling elated and tired, it took nothing short of a superhuman resolve to rise at 8am, but I was on a mission. I have never paddled in the Caribbean and was determined to do so had breakfast downstairs and got photographed by giggly waitresses who'd been at the show. After customary Venezuelan dithering, I bundled into the miniboss with Myra, Valeriano and Driver for the one-hour drive to Los Caracas Beach. Bliss. Walked along the water's edge in my white shirt and shorts, feeling like an Englishman abroad, paddling in the warm seawater, asking casually, "'About sharks?' "'No, hombre, there aren't any sharks. "'Just checking.' "'At one point it was just too inviting, "'so I ventured out into the waves, "'forgetting about my wallet in my shorts, "'returned to my deck chair on the beach "'to dry out cash and credit cards, "'cast care aside, removed my shirt and went swimming, "'lay at the water's edge sipping beer and exchanging chummy grins with the locals. Octavio, the promoter, mystically turned up with his girlfriend, who he offered to me at one point. You want the girl? I said, "Uh, thank you, but, but I'm married, but I wouldn't mind a bottle of rum. He briefly disappeared and returned with a bottle of the local rum, which, between us, we drank during the afternoon. This is probably the most drunk I had been for some years. I was taken, giggling and blithering, to a tropical stream to bathe waist high in the cool, fresh water, staring up at the hillside of rainforest like a scene from the mission. My overfamiliarity with the locals at the river was beginning to make Valeriano and Myra nervous. If they get the wrong impression, you can get shot. Personally, I am a big believer in people of all races and cultures taking things in the spirit in which they are given. Happy drunks are usually a joy to everyone. Anyway, I was told it was time to go and I was driven back to Caracas by my minders, occasionally stopping so I could be sick. They all looked worried because we're late and they had a comatose singer on the back seat. When we returned to the hotel, I rallied somewhat and, still giggling and hammered, joined the band who were out in the late afternoon air by the pool. Mosley has often commented on my arrival with a grin. The rest of the day is a bit of a blur pizza, an architect, airport check in, and bye byes to the minders. Myra shares my birthday. We flew down to Sao Paulo overnight via Rio de Janeiro. Someone had given Pete a little handmade tribal ukulele thing, which he could be heard, blinky, blinky, blinking, on somewhere on the plane. We all ended up in a transit lounge in Rio Airport at six in the morning. Everyone in the lounge was half asleep, lolling on plastic chairs. Pete still occasionally, plinky blinking on the ukulele. Ian asked if he might have a look at it. Sure, said Pete, handing it over. Ian cut through each of the strings with his Swiss Army knife scissors. Tink, tink, tink tink and gave it him back. A ripple of applause broke out in the lounge.
1: And we're back, and what a phenomenal, phenomenal section of diary. And that that day, Friday the second of October, that is just the day, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I started writing questions. I, I tend to try and write two or three questions uh, for post diary chat, and I wrote, I've, I've written three down, and then these three just seem so pathetic now. When you get to that that day. But I'm. I shall ask. I'm going to ask them anyway. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, owling. Explain how you come up with owling.
0: I don't know. I don't know how we started with the owling. It might have been a Mark Kelly thing. I know. I know. I used to. I, I, I. did used to owl with Mark. But um, I, I don't know where it came from. But but it, what you do in order to owl is you basically um. You have to crouch down on your haunches. You have to wear a big, big sweater, um, and you crouch down on your haunches with your knees together, and you pull the sweater over your knees down, so that you're kind of in an owl position. Then you, then you push your, your hands inside the sweater uh, so they pro- show that your, so that your hands are uh, on top of your feet. Um, thereby looking like little claws, and so basically, there's your head. Then there's your then there's this just big round ball of your body, with the little with the little pink feet at the bottom, and then you try not to fall over. But that's owling, and uh, I was once I was once owling on a luggage rack in a in a on on a train with Mark when the when the guy came in to collect the tickets. And and uh, the look on his face was sublime. Um, so we, that was just one of the things we used to do <laughs> to entertain ourselves on the road. We so said, should we do a bit of howling? That'll cheer us up. And we'd, we'd all get down and, you know, and you can hoot a bit. Woo, woo. Um, uh, that's it, really. That's howling. Okay. Perfectly Nothing's normal.
1: Strange. Nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and then we go on a little bit and then I get stopped as, you've probably realised by now, I pick up on odd things that keep reoccurring in the diary. So the thing I'm, you know, hates losing something or, yeah. or, or forgetting something or a, sunglasses or passport or phone or whatever it is. So my current thing is your infatuation with light fittings. Oh, yeah. You seem to be constantly shopping for light fittings.
0: Yes. Yes, I do love a light fitting. Um, even now, you know, I'm drawn, I'm drawn to it. You don't see many really good ones. Um, the, the thing about modern life is everything's becoming more and more the same, isn't it? You, you can walk down a street in some, some city in Germany, uh, and see most of the same shops or feel like you're seeing most of the same shops as you do if you walk down a street in Norwich, um, so, I mean, maybe that'll maybe that'll all change again. And, and I tell you what: the except the really noticeable exception to that that tendency is is Paris. You can still walk walk around in Paris and see little artisan shops and independent um, artisans selling you know far out stuff and set, making things on the in the premises in the back room, you know. Um, Paris still seems to have that sense of of individuality, and perhaps there's a big enough market there for those people to stay in business, which just doesn't seem to happen so much here in England anymore. Um, but I do like a, a an artisan light fitting, you know, something a bit something a bit different, something a bit handmade, you know, a thing of beauty.
1: Mm. Well, it does seem to be appearing quite a lot.
0: There's uh, one above you, 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 me.
1: You, I was going to say you sat under one, it, aren't you? There's one above me
0: right now. It's just a little one that that came from a little came from a florist in Copenhagen. Um, and it's, it's sort of semi silvered uh, glass, but it's pretty. I've got a couple of them. I've got the big Mexican one in the kitchen. I've got a really strange um, bulbous. Um uh, semi-silvered mirrored one in in our bedroom, uh, the likes of which I've never seen before or since, and it's still hanging in our bedroom and I, and I, I bought that in a shop in, uh, in Utrecht. So I used to like to buy shit like that when I was traveling around the world. You
1: The doors must close behind you in the major capitals of Europe and then the shout must go out. Gunter, you never believe what I've managed to get rid of. (laughs) And it must happen all
0: the time. I believe, you
1: you never guess. (laughs) Oh, right. Um, And then finally, finally, um, the... The, my favourite day, so 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 Friday the second of October, my favourite day in the diary so far. And we, so two or three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, we had a, a girl driving past the tour bus, uh, uh, removing her clothes. Oh, I remember and, her. Yes. And you assured you assured the listeners that 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 never happened to you. That was a one off, and it never happened. Yes. Two weeks later,
0: I'd forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we're in Riga. Yes, with the Daily Star girls. Yes, <laughs> at which point you say, "Look, all right, I'd forgotten about that." But honestly, these things don't happen to me. <laughs> Fast forward a week or a fortnight, Max. Yeah, and you're and you're you're being offered you're being offered a girl on the beach.
0: Yes, you and this girl. Um, I'd forgotten about that as well. If I'm honest. <laughs> Um, well I think I forgot about just about everything that day. I've never been so hammered in my life. Uh, um, I, at one point I'd forgotten how I got there or anything, but but I, I I was totally on a mission that day because, um, as I say in the diary, I'd, I'd never paddled in the Caribbean, and it, it occurred to me while we were in Caracas that you know the Caracas isn't on the sea but it's pretty close to the sea and um and uh, and it, the sea it's close to is the Caribbean and it had been a bit of a heavy night the night before and but we had got the best part of a day off before we traveled in the evening and so I asked the minders if uh if they could rustle me up some kind of transport because I wanted to go to the seaside and uh and 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 I I rounded up a posse of various members of band and crew that were going to come to the seaside with me. And when I got up the following morning, none of them turned up because <laughs> they couldn't make it out of bed. So I went on my own with a security man, a, tra- a trans, and a translator. And um, when I got there, um, well, I had a few drinks, and the, and then this, and then the the promoter must have. Must have been phoned and and been told, you know, the singer from this this European band um, that you promoted last night. He's he's on he's on the beach on his own, you know. And the promoter probably went, Jesus Christ, I'd better go and uh, I better go and keep an eye on him because anything can happen in Venezuela. And um, so he turned up, you know and who implied me with, uh, I don't know where he'd got her, I don't know whether he was hiring her by the hour or whether whether she was, you know, just available to rock stars <laughs> <laughs> for general use. Um, but he, off, he offered me this girl, and She you know, she was young and attractive. Um, but I said, oh my God, I can't, you know, I can't do that. I, I can't treat, I mean it, I can't treat this person like a, a thing to be just used and owned, um, but so I said no. You know I can't can't possibly. But I could. You know I wouldn't mind a drink. <laughs> so he went and got he went and got a bottle of rum, and we we drank half each, which is probably the most rum I've ever drank in one sitting. And my God, I was drunk then. And then and then of course we went off to that river, and I was just so giggly and so in love with the world and i was uh, i was kissing all of these the 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 locals daughters whilst you know thinking thinking they wouldn't be offended by that because i'm just drunk and i'm giggly and you know i'm just loved up but uh, the security guy was extremely nervous, and you know he was—he—he he, he got me out of there in the end because I think he was expecting somebody to try and cut my throat. Uh, and but it was lovely bathing in the in the fresh water of the of the river in the in the rainforest after the salt water of the the Caribbean, and uh, then we. We got into and we had to go back because we were leaving that evening. They, they put me back in the minibus, and as soon as it moved, I thought, oh my God, I'm in trouble here. So they had to keep stuff in so I could get out and be violently sick. And when I got back to the hotel, Mosley still talks about the fact that when I did reappear in the hotel, they were all sitting out by the pool having having a pizza or something for dinner. And I came falling out of the door like Arthur and uh walked over to the pool, knelt down, and put my head under the water um He still talks about that and uh and and then joined them for dinner um and he said he didn't understand anything I said for over two hours um and it was a roundabout at that point that somebody gave Pete the ukulele. Then we flew to Argentina <laughs> or somewhere. Christ no, no, we flew to we flew to Rio, didn't we? And then uh, and then back down was that back down to Buenos Aires again?
1: I think so. I haven't do you know what I haven't read that part of.
0: Sitting in that in the uh, in that holding land and Mosley cutting all the strings of his ukulele and him going, Oh, fucking hell like I'm being really disappointed and everybody in the room clapping. <laughs>
1: we will leave it there for chapter 31 and we'll come back to the h-band next time and finish the h-band off and i'm looking forward to actually hearing the next part of the the south america story because it has been very entertaining so so far um and i think we're about done aren't we 31's about about there is
0: it is that it Okay. Yeah, I think we're.
1: About, I think, well, we we seem to have been recording for nearly an hour. Oh, lovely! So, so I think uh, I think this. I think this. You know, in, in, quality might be lacking as always, but there's you know quantity's not going to disappoint.
0: <laughs> and spirit?
1: Oh, there's a lot of spirit. There's a lot of spirit. There's a lot of effort. There's a lot of effort. Maybe not a lot of attainment, but there's a lot of effort. <laughs> that could be a t-shirt. Oh, don't get me started on t-shirts. Right, H,
0: I'll see you next time. Yes, yes, uh, Toodaloo, everybody. I, I hope that was all right. I'm sorry I can't remember more about the H band, but it was a bloody long time ago, and it's only human and a bit of a cabbage in it. Thank you, Mark Carney. I wonder. If you're the former governor of the Bank of England, you're probably not him, but if you are, send us a few quid. Thank you, Claire Collins. You're my most recent subscriber. Every little helps with the podcast. So, thank you, everybody, for getting involved. I've got a note here From Richard Bristow I have no idea why Perhaps I forgot him And he wrote to me In which case There you go Richard The same may be true For Andy Miles Because he's here on my list As well Unfortunately I have no idea why He's just above Josephine (laughs) Elliot I wonder if I forgot her as well You never know But if I forgot you Anybody at all Drop me a note And I will try You in the crone cast Another time Thank you everybody For listening to this podcast I hope It was some form of entertainment So until next week Take it easy Oh, it's gone very major there And stay safe I was very surprised by that last chord